Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. We have been looking at verses 6 onward. Um, I talked about this last week. I want to get back onto it this week because there are things that I want to share with you. And um, I want to begin in verse 6. And I want to read, in fact, this time through to um, chapter 2 and verse 2. And I'll explain to you why in just a moment. The Apostle John is writing there and he says, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So there's the problem. Verse 7 is the solution. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8, another problem. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Remember before we lie? This time we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, solution. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, another problem. And if we say <laughs> that we have not sinned, because people say, well, I don't need to confess anything because I didn't sin. Hello. Alright. <laughs> he says, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. Now, we all, we're on to chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, my little children. The reason I really want to get to next chapter, verse 1, is because he is talking to Christians. Did you get that? Okay. He says, these things are right to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. So again, here's the solution. Jesus Christ the righteous. Verse 2, And He Himself is the propitiation for us, and I'll explain all that when we get to the verses, alright? And not for us only, but also for the whole world. So Jesus Christ paid the sin, the, the price for sin for all of us. Amen? Every single one of us. Not just a particular race, but all of us. Now, once again, I want you to notice, problem is stated, and then the solution. Problem, solution, problem, solution. Did you see that? Okay, that, that is something about the Apostle of Love. And we need to understand that he is the Apostle of Love. Not the Apostle of Judgment and Condemnation. Okay, because there's a lot of people out there that preach this epistle, and they do it with judgment and condemnation. And they, they lead you to believe that you are not saved. And that's really what I want to talk about. I touched on this last week. And I just felt like the Lord said, No, we need to spend a little bit more time on this. Because there are going to be people that dismiss that. So I have scripture for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go and see what the Bible says about this. Because some people think, you know, we have to be perfect. And if we're not perfect, then we're not Christians. And we usually apply that to other people, not ourselves. Oh, you all missed that. No, see, we excuse ourselves when we make a mistake. Because, well, you know, we were just having a bad day and we didn't really mean it. But if somebody else does it to us, they can't have a bad day. They meant every single word and we are never going to forget it. And we're going to hold it against them for the rest of their life. Hello. Alright, so... <laughs> so what I want to do is, I want you to see something else here as well. The way the Apostle John says, and you know, it's very easy to miss this. Notice he says, if we say that we have fellowship. If we walk in the light. If we say that we have no sin. Do you see something here? The Apostle John is including himself. 
He's not setting himself above everybody else. And saying, now if you people, my goodness, a bunch of you, huh? <laughs> okay? Remember, this is the apostle that lived such an extraordinary life that they couldn't kill him. It was very hard. That's, that's what I would title the, the name of his movie. Hard to kill. <laughs> you know, okay. I mean, this guy, man, it just couldn't because, you know, he just, he just walked in the light. And the weapons of darkness cannot penetrate light. I need you to know that. Anyway, that's something else. So, b- back to this. So, I want you to notice that he includes himself. And that's the reason why he says, my little children. So, he's not saying, he's not separating himself from other believers and saying, I'm greater than you, and I'm telling you what to do, because I'm so much greater. Neither is he looking at people and saying, well, you're not saved. Because, you know, when we get to 1 John 1, 9, he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This isn't sin singular. See, what we need to understand is the first time, when we get saved, we are saved from sin singular. Alright? Everything that sin brought with it. Do you understand? The nature of sin. We have been pulled out of that. Hallelujah. We've been delivered from that. Alright? Colossians talks about us being delivered from the kingdom of darkness and being translated in the king, into the kingdom of His dear Son. Let's call it the kingdom, kingdom of light as we're reading here today. Okay? So we understand that the, trans, that, that, that translation took place, but a transformation took place as well. We became new creations. But... What I want you to understand is something miraculous took place. Now, once we get in the kingdom, what we need to do is be honest. Okay? We need to be honest, number one, that we are going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. And it's okay to make a mistake. It's not okay to be happy and keep doing that mistake. Okay? While we fight against that mistake, while we come against that mistake, and I don't care how difficult it, you know, it is in your life, and how much um, victory it had in your life, if I could say it that way. Alright? That every time you, you know, every time you start fighting, it wins. You know? And after a while, you almost don't want to even bother. No, that's, no, never quit. Do you hear me? And one thing... You know, when we get to verse 9, we'll also understand that we need to continue to acknowledge and say, Sorry, Lord, that was a sin. That's not just me, that, that was a sin, and, you know, forgive me. And I don't care how many, you know, you might say, Well, how many times is God going to forgive me for the same thing? Funny, Peter asked him the question. How many times do I forgive my brother? In a day. You know, I mean, how many times can the guy do the same thing the same day, and I forgive him. And I know Pete was expecting Jesus to say, Man, you know, if they blow it once or twice, that's it. And he says seven times. Seven times in one day. <clears throat> and he goes even further later on to say 70 times seven. You know what, you know what the Lord's trying to say, right? How, how many times? That's not even possible. You know what he's saying? Every single time they ask for forgiveness, you forgive them. Amen? Now, I'm not talking about people playing games. Okay? And doing something, and going, oh, I'm sorry. Well, they didn't mean it. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> can, can just, yeah, we'll be real here as well, okay? Because some preachers aren't real. Alright? You, you know when they're genuine. And can I say, God knows when they're genuine. Listen, you know, this is what I tell people. Man, if I can tell you're not genuine when you ask for forgiveness, well, God knows. He's a little smarter than I am. So don't play games with me because you won't get away with, you know, get away with it with God. You just won't. You think you are, but He knows. He see, in fact, you can actually get away with it with me and He'll still know. So there you go. Anyway, that's not what I have to preach about today. Moving on. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> I was going to show you, t- turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Because one of the problems that people have faced face when they look at these scriptures and look at especially this passage that we're looking at is that they look at this and even many commentators say that people here are not saved that if you are doing this stuff it, you're not saved now the problem is they don't understand what the new testament writers understood the apostle paul writes this i quoted this to you a little bit last week but i didn't give you the scripture reference so i'm going to show it to you in first corinthians chapter 3 and verse 3 Watch what he says there, for where, in the second half of it. He says, For where there, is, there are envy, strife, division among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men or people who don't belong to the Lord? The New, Test- New Living Translation says. You are behaving like unsaved people. But that doesn't mean that you are unsaved. Do you see the difference? Amen? He said, can you stop behaving like something you are not? James, <laughs> the apostle James understood this as well, and he writes in James chapter one, uh, excuse me, chapter four, verses one through three. Now, as I read these verses, you are going to think that this is the worst of humanity. These are unsaved people that are really bad. But can I say he is talking to a church? He's, he's not going to write to people that not, aren't going to read his book. Says. <laughs> Where do wars and fights come from among you? Okay, he's addressing believers. Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Verse 2. You, notice you. Okay. He says, you lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, and you do not have, because you do not ask. Here we go. They're in prayer. You ask, and do not receive, because you ask amiss. Do you see this? He hasn't left his his, his train of thought here. He's talking to the same people. He's saying, you've got this behavior. Then you wonder why when you go to God and you pray, nothing happens. And he says, you, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. He's saying the reason you want something is all wrong. It's not because you need it. <laughs> okay. Well, you might need it, but not for the right reason. But I need to be better than them. I need to look better. <laughs> I need a better car than them. Those are all the wrong reasons. Do you hear me? So, what do we learn from all of this? There is such a thing as a carnal Christian. Have you seen one? No. <laughs> okay, all right. 
<laughs> yes, brother, when I looked in the mirror today. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> you know, we all struggle with carnality in our life. Can I just say that? Can, can we be like the Apostle John and say we? Because I'm going to include that in, in, in that crowd. Because, uh, you know, as much as I try, every so often the flesh jumps up. Every so often I get irritated. Every so often I say things that I shouldn't say. And then I'm repenting for the rest of the day. (laughs) You know, I always ask myself, dude, why? I mean, for that one moment, you're going to be spending the rest of the day now dealing with it. Why? Just don't go there. So I'm learning more and more to kind of, before I say something, think about the consequence and just not bother. Because I know at the end, regardless of how justified I might be feeling about whatever it is I want to say, whatever it is I want to do, whatever feeling that I want to have, if it ain't good, I'm going to regret it. Amen. So let's not even go there. That's my motto. What's the motto with you? No. <laughs> right, right, right. Let's, <laughs> let's, get, let's get back to this. <clears throat> so, this is the reason why the Apostle John says in 1 John 1 9, if we confess or acknowledge our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. Notice again, he keeps including himself. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, he needed these scriptures and these truths as much as all of us need it. It is the reason again why. See, he wasn't a perfect person. Listen, listen. I'm going to give you something that will just bless you if you catch it. He wasn't perfect. He was perfectly honest. Get it? Okay. Whenever he messed up, he was as honest to say, I messed up. I'm sorry, God. Boom. Straight away, he's cleansed. The enemy is about to thrust his sword into him, and he's cleansed, and it's done, it's over. He just And boom, we hit light again. And he can't get through that. Do you get it? Amen? So you don't have to be perfect, just be perfectly honest. Can you manage that? That's the thing I'm asking you to do. Don't, don't justify the things you do. If they are not right, don't justify them. Don't allow them any more time in your life that, you know, it shouldn't have come to begin with. So, you know, just, just as soon as... It's, it's like you, you, you take a sip of something, you know it's not right. Have you tasted sour milk? How long do you let it float around in your mouth? Not long at all. I mean, it's in and it's back out immediately. And that's exactly the way we do with sin. Amen? Amen. Alright, <laughs> let's, let's move on now. Going back to verse 6. Remember again the Apostle John says there, 1 John 1, 6, If we say that we are having fellowship with Him, remember again that these are all continuous. I, I read this to you before. So these are all con- in, in, a, in a continuous sense. It says, if, he's actually saying in the original text, in the Greek, if we say that we are having fellowship with Him right now, it's a continual thing. Alright, and we are walking in darkness. So he's saying, if you're saying that you're having fellowship with him, <clears throat> and at the same time, you are walking in darkness, which means you didn't make a mistake, you are making mistakes and enjoying your mistakes. Do you understand the difference? So th- that's, this, is the, this is the thing I really want to bring, bring out here. 
This is a person, listen to me, who actually enjoys sin. And in fact, gains intense satisfaction in a life of sinful pleasures. And therefore does everything to justify it in their life. And of course, is unrepentant before God regarding it. Did you get all of that? Okay, now do you see who he's talking to? See, if you look at this, then you think he's, you know, anybody that ever made a mistake, he's talking to them. He's not talking to those people. He's talking to people. Christians, okay, <laughs> let me say that again. All right, believers, okay, that, that, that not only are sinning, but are enjoying what they're doing and are unrepentant over what they're doing. Now, you really need to get that. Let, let me just spend a moment on that because there is, there is a fine line here now. Okay, and I want to, I want to dissect all right, <laughs> because otherwise, you're, uh, you, I'm going to send some of you home uh, with a condemnation, you know, guilt. I, I don't want to do that. All right, because I know some of you are thinking, oh, oh, you know, I I know who you are. No, I don't. I, I was just kidding. I don't know. All right, none of my business. None of my business. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> You just say, but I know it's wrong. And yet I keep getting drawn to something. So, where does that put me? The first thing you said identifies you. I know it's wrong. While you know it's wrong, you will continue to go to God for forgiveness. Regardless of how much that thing has you by the throat. You know it's wrong. The problem that the Lord has, the Apostle John has, is if you don't think it's wrong. Now we have a problem. Do you understand? That's who we're talking about. That's why he will go on to... He says, you, you say, how do you know that? Well, listen, man. Look, look back at this. When he, when he says, we say we have no sin... Verse 8. Verse 10, if we say we have not sinned. Do you understand what that means? He's saying those are the people that say, well, that's not a sin. I haven't sinned. Everybody does that. Did you get what I just said? That's what's wrong. So if you're in that category, now I'm talking to you. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you need to acknowledge sin for what it is. Now, once again, it might take you half your lifetime to get over the thing. But the thing is, while you acknowledge it, there's hope. And there is access for God to get involved in your life, to help you through it. And besides that, can I just say this? And you know, again, please, you know, the Apostle John says, I'm writing these things that you sin not. I'm saying all these things for you not to sin, but can I say something so that you, you know, you're not going to have a problem with this somewhere down the line? And please don't take this as an excuse or a license to sin. Everybody put your hand up and say, I won't do that. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> even if you are fighting with something for all of your life, and you never defeat it, but you continually go to God for forgiveness, you will be forgiven. You won't miss out on His blessing. Did you get that? 
I'm saying that for you not to go and sin some more, okay? Um, <laughs> you go, oh, good. I don't, no, 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 don't think that. Do not think that. Don't think that, okay? I told you. See, this is what the Apostle John is, is dealing with as well. Okay, this apostle of love is, is trying to get across to people that just want to keep doing their stuff. He's saying, listen, not to put any guilt and condemnation on you, but at the same time you need to understand when something is wrong, it's wrong. You need to admit that it's wrong. You need to acknowledge it. You need to receive forgiveness and cleansing over it. Amen? So that you can get on with your life. Hallelujah. Alright. Okay. Having said that, and I hope you got that, that these were people that were continually doing things, that were saying that, oh no, we have a wonderful relationship with God, we have fellowship with God. Listen, let me, let me deal with one more thing. When you sin and you don't acknowledge your sin, you break fellowship. You don't break relationship. Do you understand? What do I mean by that? It means that you are still a son and daughter of God. You're still in the family. Your relationship hasn't suffered, but fellowship is suffering. That's the reason why you go to Him and you pray and nothing comes. Can I say, fellowship is where all the blessings are. It's not in the relationship. It's in the fellowship. The relationship will keep you safe, so to speak, okay, unless you do something silly and you're out of God's protection. The relationship will keep you fed and clothed Okay, because Jesus said, you know, your father knows that you have need of these things. Those things are okay. But the relationship isn't going to get you that thing that you really desire and that you want. And no, it ain't getting you that. Not until you straighten up. Amen? How do we straighten up in the few moments we have left? Let me give you this because the Apostle John... Now, the Apostle John is going to give us three solutions. In verses 8... No, excuse me, verses 7, verse 9, and chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Okay, and, and onwards. We're going to see some awesome things following that as well. Alright, so he's going to give us some solutions, but I want to give you some other solutions. Can I do that? Okay, not that you have a choice. Alright, <laughs> Galatians chapter 5. What are some of the things that we can do to avoid sin? To avoid getting caught in the trap that the devil sets? Alright? Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. The Apostle Paul is writing here. He says, walk in the... 16, uh, the latter half of verse 16. He says, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Did you get that? In other words, he's saying, please be Spirit-led in whatever it is that you do. The Spirit of God will never lead you into something that is not right. And He never leads you into something that's just good either. He will only lead you to God things. You all know the difference? Okay, sometimes you would like to do good things, and it might be an annoyance to the per person that you're doing it to. Okay? It's good for you to do that good thing, but it's annoying to them that you're doing it at the time you're doing it, or whatever it is. Please be led by the Spirit in your good deeds. So as to make sure that they become God deeds. He says, walk in the Spirit, and watch this. He says, and you shall not, you shall not. It isn't a maybe or a might. He says, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Isn't that interesting that wherever the Spirit leads you, will be fulfilling 
in itself. If you fulfill your calling in God, and you fulfill what God set for you for that day, then you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, because you're fulfilling something else, and you are being filled. It is fulfilling. It is a blessing. It fills you up. Another scripture, Psalm 119 and verse 11. The psalmist writes, your word, your word, okay? Not talk shows, not a lot of toy boy, <laughs> okay? Not a lot of stuff and opinions that are happening out there. Can I just say this, family? Everything out there is preaching. You may not realize it, but it is all preaching, But I want you to notice here, Psalm 119, verse 11, he says, Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Interesting, isn't it? The word in your heart will cause you to not sin against God. Because I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but as you start to do something wrong, if you put the word in your heart, it will rise up in your heart. And suddenly a scripture will just flash across. And you'll go, oops, uh, maybe I should not be doing this. Yeah, you got it. Amen. Now we've averted a disaster. We, we, we don't have to go repenting all day. <laughs> okay? All of that stuff has been averted. Because you took the time. Whatever. If you take the time to put the word of God into your heart, then when you need it, it'll come back out. A lot of times people are looking to run to the Word when they're in trouble. And can I say, it is very difficult to build a house in the storm. Romans chapter 12. Here's another scripture. Verses 1 and 2. I like to be like the Apostle John. I don't want to just tell you a problem. I want to give you solutions. Is that okay? (laughs) Okay. Romans 12. You know these verses. In verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Watch, this is his solution. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So he's saying, listen, as far as your body goes, you need, you need, okay, to present it holy. It's a, it's a living, you know, the thing with living sacrifices, they tend to crawl all off the altar, Okay, you know, you put it on the altar, and it's like, I don't like this, and go, where did it go? Okay, and and that happens. You need to understand that you are not a dead sacrifice. And can I just say this? The Apostle John understands this. He understands that only dead people don't sin. Amen. (laughs) And living sacrifices do tend to walk off. Alright? And you try so hard. Have you all noticed? Do I need to go on? Okay, I won't. Alright. But notice, that's not where he stops. He goes into saying, verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world. He says, don't let the world convince you of your worth, of what you can and can't do, of whether you're going to be successful or not. Okay? And anything else you want to put in there. He says, listen, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, he says, listen, if you had bad programming, if you have stuff in your head that is driving, you know we are driven by words and images and things that people have put in there over time, you all know that, okay? Listen, if you need to erase that 
and put something else new, we'll do that. You might need to have a whole new programming in there that you, that you need to follow. All the old stuff isn't good. Time to wipe it. Amen? And you do that with the Word of God. It is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive. And it will go and do what it needs to do on the inside of you. But only if you put, take the time to put it in. Alright, that's from Hebrews. Anyway. And he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove. Notice he says, you can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How do I know? Now you know. You know, people always say, I don't know if this is God's will or not. Put something in, you'll know. Take the time to renew your mind and you'll begin to walk in God's, not just good and acceptable, but His perfect will. Now why does it have good and acceptable? Because not all of us hit it dead on first time around. You know, when you first start, you might be in God's good will. But can I say, the things that you started a while back, you might be in His acceptable or maybe even close to His perfect will. Because you've been walking that for quite a while. You're getting better and better and better at it. Amen? Just like anything in your life, whatever you use, you get better at. Amen? So ultimately it is up to you to make the effort to cooperate with God regarding the sins in your life. And why the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, we're going to finish with this, uh, verses 12 and 13, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. In other words, God is doing everything that He can. Now, don't get caught up with the fear and trembling part. Okay. <laughs> All right. What He's saying is, you know what? Take it seriously. Okay? Because fear is not from God, but you need to take this seriously. You're all with me? Okay? So He said, you know, you need to work out your salvation. You need to work at it. You need to be looking at your life and being honest with yourself. If you're missing something, just say, you know what, God, I'm missing this. I'm sorry. Help me. And remember again, it takes a moment of time to say sorry. I don't know why people find that so hard. Why? Because you don't want to. Amen? It's only if we acknowledge our sin that He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. You can't hang on to that thing and be forgiven. But also understand the moment that you say, God, I'm sorry, that you don't have to beg. Did you get me? So even though we have God's own holiness, righteousness, and sanctification residing on the inside of us as part of the new birth, that's in 2 Corinthians 5.17, we must still make every effort to work it all out in our lives. It is only when we do that, the Full Life Study Bible says, that those who have fellowship with God, because you re restore your fellowship, experience God's grace and live a life of holiness in the presence of God. Amen? And what's in the presence of God? Fullness of joy. And what is joy? Your strength. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for all the truth that you are revealing to us. Father, we make a decision right now. We understand that there are things in our life that aren't pleasing to you. They aren't pleasing to us. But that's what gives us hope. 
as long as we're not pleased with it, as long as we stand there and say, no, we know this is not right, then it keeps the door open for us to receive forgiveness, receive a cleansing, receive a justification, to be cleansed of all unrighteousness. So therefore, receive our righteousness back, the righteousness which is of you. Hallelujah. And walk as if we had never sinned. That is the gift that you give us. It's not something that we have to work at. It is something that you have paid the price for already. We just need to be willing to admit when we are wrong. To acknowledge it before you. And then we can be free of it. In Jesus' name. Amen.